Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast, where each week we find out just what makes our Oklahoma songwriters tick. If you've ever been interested in the process of how songs get written, or if you're a songwriter looking for tips and inspiration, then you are in the right place. I do one-on-one interviews with your favorite Oklahoma artists and dig into why and how they write their music. I'm your host, Jared Voluch, and I'm very, very happy you're here. Let's get started. And we're live. Awesome. Um... Hello and welcome everyone to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast. I'm Jared Veluch and today we have Ben Brock with us. How you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. Good. Uh, you have a good trip in today down here, old Norman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's actually not too bad because you live kind of on the uh, north side of it. So Yeah, you don't have to deal with it. You have to go all the way through Norman. Yeah, I had an appointment in the middle of town today, and I got detoured twice right. just trying to get into the center of this stupid town. Uh, college kids are back. Right. It's a beautiful time of year. Same uh, thing in Edmond, where I live. Oh, yeah. That stuff, yeah. Traffic. That's ridiculous. 30 minutes to get from one side of Edmond to the other. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Well, it's crazy to me. I There's, uh, what is that, the Patriarch? I've played there a couple times. Yeah. The minute I hit Edmund, I'm just sitting there on broad. It's Broadway, right? Yeah. As you enter, and you're just barely creeping through there, trying to get all oh, the way traffic, down there. Traffic, like yeah. It doesn't matter what time of the day, too. It's always <laughs> it just makes me horrible. Laugh. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, for those that do not know Ben Brock, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from? How you grew up? And- Okay. Yeah, I was born here in uh, or in Oklahoma City, and uh, lived most of my childhood life in Oklahoma City. Uh, parents got divorced when I was in like seventh grade. Uh, my dad was a pastor growing up, so I'm a preacher's son or whatever. And uh, that was, uh, you know, every Sunday we're the first ones to get there, last ones to leave kind of deal, and uh, it's pretty cool. It was... Uh, Parents got divorced. My dad stopped preaching. Uh, he started smoking cigarettes. Uh-oh. And I thought, oh, no, we're all going to hell now for <laughs> sure. But uh, my dad's played music uh, my whole life in, in church and uh, stuff like that. He's always uh, been a songwriter as well. Um, my biggest influence for sure. But, uh, ended up moving to Weatherford, Oklahoma, and uh, graduated high school in Weatherford and then uh, went to college at Southwestern. For a little bit, nice. Um, kind of, uh, I would say. Well, my brother uh, Joey was in the Air Force, and uh, he lived in uh, Illinois, Southern Illinois, which basically it's St. Louis. It's just on the other side of the river. And uh, miss family, he didn't have family around, and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm not doing anything, man." So I decided to move to St. Louis. Uh, at that point, I mean, I was, I was uh, playing guitar for about a year at that point and uh, moved to St. Louis and uh, moved in with my brother and my sister-in-law. And uh, my brother apparently thought I could do a three-hour show, so he books my fir- very first, like, actual show was a three-hour show. And uh, <laughs> I think I knew, like, two songs. So I'm like super pissed off at him whenever he books this thing. And I'm like, it's like two weeks away. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to learn 60 something songs? So 
It was it's it's a cool little story though. Uh, he sat with me every day after work, and uh, we went over songs. I had this big black notebook full of song lyrics and stuff, and uh, basically just picked songs that I think that would be easy enough to do, and uh, end up playing the show. And uh, I forgot for a long time, but my brother actually recorded it. On VHS. Oh man, um, I bet that's a gem. Oh um, right I haven't there. seen it, honestly. I don't, I don't know if I want to <laughs> see it. You've never seen it. No, I don't want to see it, I don't think. I mean, I think one day I'll break it out. And oh, God, of course, yeah. by the time I want to see it, there will be no VCRs to be found anywhere. So, but uh, it, was, it was it was brutal, honestly. It was, <laughs> I think I played Mary Jane's Last Dance like six times in three hours. That's what you got to do, man. <laughs> so, that's what you get. Learn how to play music in St. Louis, though. I had to get away from my friends uh, in Oklahoma because, uh, I mean, just like anybody else, your friends are a big distraction sometimes. If you want to get things done, uh, you got to yeah. separate yourself from that. And St. Louis was really good for me for that. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time, though. But, yeah, I moved back here after St. Louis. Uh, I moved back here in 2007. And I, I had... It's a pretty good, you know, I've been playing music probably three times a week in St. Louis and uh, for a good couple of years and just wanted to come home, man. Uh, I wanted to be with my Okies and be around my dad more. And uh, so did that. And when I got here, I started uh, going to open mics just like everybody else. Yeah. And uh, that's where I met a lot of people. Bob Moore. uh Space Bob or Space Dog, whatever. But, yeah. Uh, met him and uh, started going to his open mic. And then I ended up hosting my own open mic at the dugout on the north side of Oklahoma City. Did that for eight years. Every Wednesday for eight years. I was just thinking the other day, I've had a Wednesday gig for the last, I don't know, 12 years probably. Damn, which man. Is crazy. Yeah, I heard about, I've heard the, that piece of history on you, the dugout. Yeah. People have talked about that quite a bit. I met a lot of people through that. Uh, uh, most of the musicians that I know here in Oklahoma from that. And uh, dugout obviously shut down. And I started uh, playing. Well, I was already playing at JJ's. And then Jeff uh, opened the JJ Saloon. I started doing a Tuesday night or something there for a little bit. Until it shut down, and then at that point, I'm thinking, I, man, this isn't good, man. All these places I'm playing are shutting down on me. But So then I started the Wednesdays at, at JJ's Alley, so I do that every Wednesday. So JJ's like everybody I've been listening to the podcast, and that's what everybody says is JJ's, and that's the truth, man. Jeff's really – it's amazing what he's done uh, in the 10 years he's had it. It's, it's phenomenal, yeah. man. It's really – it's a fellowship for sure, yeah, and everybody helps each other out, and that's what I love about it. But it's definitely been a saving grace for me. Just, uh, yeah, it's a magic little deal to even be a part of because I got, yeah, I'm one of the more recent additions to the JJ's group of folks, yeah. and it's just, yeah, it's one of the most inspiring places to be. It's the most relaxing. I feel at this point, I feel like it's the same as playing in my living room. Right. Which is mind blowing for me. Right. Like, yeah. yeah no to kidding. be able to feel that comfortable somewhere is, is cool. Yeah. I call it my home away from home. Really. That's, that's, you know, if you have a new, new song you wrote or even a new cover song that you've learned, 
the best place to play it is JJ's because yeah. you're going to get, I mean, people are going to appreciate and know that, you know, they respect the fact that you worked hard to write that song or learn that song, you know, and people respect yeah. that. Everybody pushes each other and it makes it, you, you feel more comfortable to do things. So, yeah. Well, then the JJ's regulars are like, <laughs> they, they're regulars because they come there to, the, to hear the music, that to hear the artists. Uh, I don't know. It's a crazy deal. Yeah. I've never seen awesome. anything quite like it. I haven't either. Yeah. Man. Uh, so wait, is guitar your first <coughs> instrument then? Uh, actually, uh, voice, uh, I would say was my first instrument. I was in choir my whole life. Uh, did show choir and stuff like that in high school. Oh yeah. You get to dance around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to do, uh, I went to I went to quite a few different schools, but I went to Little Axe my freshman year in high school, which is not very far from here. Yeah, and uh, I was in show choir there, and I remember Valentine's Day, and we had to learn all these love songs, and like just show up to people's class and just start singing them, and it was the most awkward thing ever. I I hated it honestly, but I learned, you know, I, I, that's where I learned. Uh, I guess I was in band too. Uh, I uh, well, I, you played saxophone. Uh, yeah. I played a little bit of saxophone. I, I did played a lot of the woodwinds when in my way younger, like middle school and stuff like that. Uh, so I've been around music my whole life with my dad and everything too. So didn't start playing guitar till uh, 19, 18, 19 years old in high school. So my dad never thought. Uh, I have three other brothers, and uh, one of them's played drums before, and the other one's played bass before. And I came to my dad and I said, I want to learn how to play guitar. Will you teach me? And he goes, all right, here's G, C, and D. He goes, Bob Dylan wrote a million songs with these three chords. That's <laughs> all yeah. you need to know, man. You can go from there. You this know, is however the you do it. Yeah. And that's what he did for me. And uh, it was funny because about a couple years in, I started playing live shows and stuff. My dad goes, he goes, you know what? Out of all your brothers, you were the one I didn't think was going to stick with it. And I was like, gee, thanks, dad. <laughs> Thanks for the faith. Yeah, no <laughs> it's beautiful. And he claims I'm better than him now, but I don't think that's true. But yeah. Oh, man. Uh, did you immediately start like writing music when you grabbed no, the guitar? No, I started doing cover songs. Uh, I started a lot of late '90s. Uh, I was a big uh, Dave Matthews fan. Yes, um, finally, somebody else. Right. I was a huge Dave Matthews fan. People uh, either love him or they absolutely right. hate him. Well, living in Oklahoma, too, when Dave kind of came out in the late 90s or mid-90s or whatever, I would listen to Dave Matthews, and people are like, why do you listen to that shit, man? That's horrible. I'm like, no, it's not. And then later on, everybody kind of jumped on that bandwagon, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's good music, man, and some of the best live concerts I've ever been to is Dave. Uh, yeah, I've seen him more than I've seen any other group. Which is saying something. I don't go to a, a, like a crap ton of shows, yeah. so it's like, I think I've seen him three times now. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him quite a few times. Uh, I've always, James Taylor has always been my all-time favorite artist, other than my dad. But uh, So James Taylor is always a big deal. Actually, I'd say, I'd say that I've seen Dave more. I've seen James Taylor more than I've seen Dave, I think. But the folky uh, lyric driven songs man i love it he's and he's soulful and that stuff i like john mayer 
at the beginning too. Uh, that was another thing. People were like, "Man, why do you like that stuff?" Well, but once he moved, another thing. Yeah. Once he put out like his continuum album yeah, or his trio is. album, everybody's like, "Damn, that guy can play guitar." It's like, yeah, <laughs> he's always known how to do that. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not. He's, he didn't stay body as a wonderland, right? <laughs> Forever. Yeah, and then later on, I uh, I guess I was a big Rob Thomas fan too in the late nineties, but. Later on, I started listening to uh, Ryan Adams. Is is uh, he's right there in my top five for sure. Yeah, uh, I think he's the Bob Dylan of our time. That's that's what I call him. I think that's a pretty fair statement. But uh, he's amazing. Uh, I was big at Ray LaMontagne for a while. That's good stuff. Yeah, I still love playing Ray LaMontagne. His yeah. voice is just crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's amazing. But yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um so like, okay, let's talk about this. What is uh what is songwriting to you? Songwriting to me, um it's an outlet. Uh it's therapy. I I definitely think it's therapy. Um getting stuff, putting your feelings on paper is uh amazing. Because once you do that, it's almost like you can leave it, and it's not. It doesn't stay inside of you. It's you can release. It's a release, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely it's a definitely a therapy for sure for me. Music in general is, but writing a song and the finished product of of a song that you wrote is just man. It's the most. It's the best feeling in the world to me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ever since I've gotten to finally hear you live a couple of times yeah. now uh i love how connected you are with your songs and not everybody gets that right all the time yeah. um being able to get your point across and actually transmit the emotion with it i appreciate it is really really yeah. good and then the finished product uh, the song that we're going to use today uh choices i've made is going to be that's one that i I really dig the way that got recorded. Like it came together really well mm -hmm. for, especially for chilling out in the living room. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dwight's, uh, Dwight Hamlin's who recorded it, we recorded it in his living room before him and Casey got uh class and recorders, the, the actual studio going. But what's cool about, uh, Dwight and, and recording with him too, or recording this was really cool is that he would put, He's putting mics in like different rooms in his house and stuff, so he's getting a different sound mm. uh, while I'm singing it. But what's really cool is that the wood floor in his living room, and then like the uh, the entryway or whatever, like the ceiling's kind of crooked. Yeah. But it works, and it's almost like it, it brings a better sound to it. It's pretty cool. You know, you don't have to like he said he didn't have to put hardly any effects on the on the recording or anything. It was already there and. Uh, it was a really cool experience to do that. And, yeah, you know, like everybody wants is they want an engineer to, to actually enjoy what you're doing. And, and, and I think they, they do a better job whenever they actually like your stuff, I guess. Yeah. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's something that comes through with, uh, we'll go ahead and brag on Dwight a little bit. Uh, Everything I've heard come out of that studio so far has been, you can tell that he's, he truly loves what he does. Oh, he, yeah. he loves what he's doing. 
he adds so much of his own self into like every project. Yeah. Yours included on that, the song that they'll get to hear today. Um, actually one thing I wrote down when we were listening to it earlier is, uh, who did the, uh, who did those, those harmonies in the background? That's Dwight. Yeah. That's Dwight. He did, he did the bass on it. Uh, and I don't even think he used a bass guitar for the bass lines. <laughs> I think he just like EQ'd his guitar to where it's give it that low end. Just a touch. I'm pretty sure that's how he did it. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did all the harmonies and the I love that's my favorite part of that song is the yeah. ooze or whatever that you put in there. So yeah, he's a talented. He's multi talented. He can he can play instruments that I didn't even know he could play. <laughs> Whenever you see him, you're like, oh, that, that's cool. I didn't know you could do that, but <laughs> whatever. So, yeah, he's, he's something else, man. He's, he's awesome. And a good friend, man. He's, he's a good dude. So, Awesome, man. Um, so let's – what about the – so let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's talk about choices I've made. Um, okay. Go ahead and tell us, tell us the story about it a little bit. Um, I – I tend to, uh, late night after gigs and stuff, I tend to put notes in my phone. Mm, yeah. And and most of the time I wake up the next day and go, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever, that's horrible. But, and I think I think every songwriter I think I've talked to is talks, they always put notes in their phone of different lyrics and stuff that they think of. And there was uh, one night that I had uh, a bunch of, I just, it, it just flowed out of me, a lot of it. So I had... Uh, and I didn't put it in song form originally. It was just kind of in a paragraph. And uh, probably the first, second verse, uh, but it wasn't put together very good. And uh, one of my best friends and uh, one of the most amazing lyric songwriters I've ever known, uh, Misty Lanier, uh, I was struggling with it. And uh, I just thought, hey, I'll send this to her and see what she could do with it. Ten minutes later, she sends it back, and it's, like, all put together right and this and that. It's just and, – and I'm just like, holy shit, like, she can do it that fast, you know. Uh, and I've written a few songs with Misty, uh, The Oracle, as I call her. Um, but, yeah, she sent that back, and then I just sat down, uh, started putting music to it and melody, and uh, it worked out. It worked out really well. Um I liked it. I, I was really excited uh, the finishing uh, finishing that song because I felt like I was opening up a new uh, uh, something new with my songwriting. I think after that song because it's it's a lot different. I think or a little bit different than my normal uh, my normal stuff or my older songs or whatever. So I was really excited and proud of it uh, to get that done. Uh, but it's yeah, it's, it's about. Uh, I mean, uh, it's in the title, Choices I've Made. Uh, people make bad choices, good choices through life, and uh, you pay for it, uh, the bad choices, and, uh, and yeah. you reap the benefits of the good choices, you know. And uh, getting older, um, it's as a songwriter, musician, and getting older, it's it's uh, tough sometimes, man, because you're looking at your age and you're like, oh, man, this, you know, I don't know anything else. This is what I do. And uh, yeah, it gets, it, it gets scary. depressing sometimes. Yeah, Honestly, scary. it does. It gets depressing sometimes. But but at the same time, you kind of got to lift yourself up off that and, uh, and just keep going. 
because uh, like my buddy Jason said, uh, he said good songs uh, don't have an age. And that was one of the coolest things anybody's ever said to me. Uh, and that's true, man. And which kind of triggered a, a song I'm writing now that uh, I'm trying to uh, get done is basically talking about uh, hoping my songs uh, live on longer than I do and and that kind of deal. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's about choices I've made, the good and the bad. It's about a uh, relationship, uh, you know, the battle with relationship, uh, the good and the bad of that. There's also... Uh, the battle of uh, keeping a good relationship whenever you play music every night of the week, you know. You know, you got somebody that loves you and uh, wants to support you. But what we don't understand sometimes, I think it's hard to support us whenever we're out all night long and uh, the drinking, uh, that stuff is tough, you know. Coming home, everybody's asleep in the house. And you can't quite go to sleep immediately. It's almost like you got to calm down after a gig. It's like your body's got to rest. So. Oh yeah, I get home and I have to. I flip on the TV right. and I just gotta. I have to sit down and actually chill out and let my let my body and my mind just kind of finally settle. Yeah. It just takes a minute. Yeah. And it's both sides. Like uh, people that don't play music and stuff, they they don't understand our side of it either. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we deal with and. uh like that, you know, yeah. you can't just go home and go to sleep immediately. It's like you just, like your adrenaline was pumping for three hours or whatever, however long you're playing, and it takes a while for your body to calm down from that. And Which sucks whenever you have a day job like I do too. So you got to wake up and yeah. be at work at 8 a.m. in the morning, and it's 4 a.m., and you're mm -hmm. going to bed, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. The energy output is something that I definitely didn't really think about before I left my job. Yeah. Because uh, I, in some ways it's it's easy to work all day and then just continue fucking working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like go out and go play a gig because you're just like, your body gives you that mm -hmm. energy. But like when you play a show you're pouring out so much of yourself compared to like any, no offense to my jo old job, but like I never put out the same kind of effort <laughs> that I do now. Oh yeah, for sure. Now that I do uh, try to do music for a living, it's like, man, I feel like I'm dead a lot of times after these things. Cause it's, uh, you're giving yourself right. to the audience. Cause you, you care so much about how, your music sounds and how well you do. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, even though you're working, at least you love doing yeah. that part of it. You know, it's a certainly. Well, I and I. It's speaking of it being hard on relationships. I, uh, my last relationship ended because of it. Oh, really? Yeah, just not being able to understand the lifestyle because I, it was a change in the middle. A change in the middle of our relationship of me leaving my my job and then going out and doing this every weekend and you know once or twice in the during the week at night like it's a big it was a big difference from what i was doing before because it was like ah every once once in a couple maybe once a month i'll right. go play a show or whatever it is to like okay this is my life now and yeah and then they see one of the things that nobody notices like your significant other sees how hard you're working on it giving all your time to it uh -huh. and then you 
you show up back home with like a hundred bucks or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. I didn't make that much, but I, but I gave everything I had, yeah. including my time, you know, that you wish that I gave yeah, to you. Yeah, there's not much money in it, at least not, a, not on the level I'm on. So I mean, well, same here. Oh. It's a beautiful thing though. It's a, uh, it is, it's a beautiful disease. <laughs> it's it exa- it's, it, it's exactly what, I, what it feels like. Uh, yeah. Just eating me, <laughs> yeah. eating me alive. But I love doing it, man. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade. I I'd, I'd honestly, I wouldn't be alive if I didn't have music, man. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. It's I feel you on that, that powerful. Uh, so wait, uh, back to choices I've made a little bit. Um, did you write the lyrics first? Then you had the. Um, it changes on on different, and I co-write a lot. Honestly, I co-write with a lot of people. How do you do that? I, I mean, mean I, that's what a lot of people say too. Is I, I guess I'm just open-minded, uh, or not? I'm open to suggestions and stuff and the people I write with are, are really close friends too so it's not like you know it's yeah. like not somebody I don't really know and we just sit down and start writing uh but I've written some songs myself too but uh the I'm sorry what was your question again I no I, I just tan we're tan I right. broke off into what it's like to be co-writing uh oh, the co-writing yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting deal it's uh it's I guess how I do it is, uh, yeah, the lyrics, they do come first, uh, on this one it did. Uh, a lot of times though, I'll do the music or I'll have an idea of what a melody and music that I have. And then, and then eventually write, uh, lyrics on top of it. I've always been, uh, I think the writing the hook, the chorus, uh, is usually comes first for me. And then I write the verses around that too. I try uh, to do that a lot. I, I mean, I'm sure it's right. for you, it's the same way. You do it a million different ways, whatever way it comes, but yeah. Right. Or I'll have a title of a song too. And that kind of helps me too. I think writing that first line of a song is the hardest thing about it. Though. Yeah. This is my thesis that, statement. Yeah. Once, once you get that first line down, man, it's, it's a little bit easier after that, but, uh, but yeah, co-writing it's fun for me, man. I love it. Um, and you get, uh, different styles too. Uh, so whenever you're, you know, you put them down, uh, to record, it comes out, uh, as a, as a piece of you and then a piece of the other person too. So you have kind of two different styles kind of coming out and I learned a lot from it, you know, uh, co-writing you, you, uh, I, it, it makes me better as a guitar player, as a lyric writer. I agree a hundred percent. I try to be a sponge when it comes to that stuff and, and always, always learning, man. Cause if you, you know, if you're not learning then you shouldn't be doing it, I think so. Yeah. But yeah. I love that. I've got, um, well, I did it smart. I think I tricked, uh, a couple of guys that both have master's degrees in music into playing in my, <laughs> like it playing nice. with me a lot. Yeah. And, uh, because of them, that has increased my musicianship tenfold. Just the, Hey, play this chord uh, instead of this. I'm like, why does that work? (laughs) Will you please explain to me why this sounds the exact same or sounds good or whatever it is? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Always surround yourself. That's what my dad always told me is just surround yourself with better musicians, better people. Uh, 
than you think you are. So, yeah, and it makes you a better person. So, that's the way to do it, man. Um, let me see here. Yeah. We talked about your melody a little bit. You like to write the hook first. Uh, what are you looking for whenever you, whenever you go for a chorus? What kind of catches your ear when you're trying to think of something that will hook somebody? Well, uh, sim- simplicity, I guess, uh, is is kind of I think uh, is good in a in a chorus. There and, we go. I'm and, glad to hear somebody actually say it straight out. Or yeah. like, <laughs> because I talk about it with everybody, but like. Uh, Man, simple. Yeah. The chorus should be the most simple and understandable part of the song. Everything yeah. about that song, that melody or the lyrics in that chorus should should uh, stay with you. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I think that's the best way to do it. And I think I've done pretty good about writing hooks and stuff. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, simple and and let it breathe. I think is good for me. Anyways, uh, on the courses, um, kind of, uh, I tend to on the on my courses that I write uh, melodically. I guess I I uh, I hold the notes out a little bit longer too, so there's less lyrics in the course. Yeah, does that make sense? They're so, intaking less yeah, that way. Yeah, and they're focusing easier to on memorize it. for the for the person hearing this song for the first time too. And that's I don't. It's not what I'm thinking when I'm writing it, but right, right. Uh, later on, yeah, it's 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 it just works out that way, I guess. So, at least I hope it does. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Um, it works. So let's see. Uh, let's talk about self motivation. We right. talked about this a little bit earlier, yeah. and it kind of it piqued my interest just because I'm somebody that has a huge problem with uh self-motivation a lot of times me too to push myself to to reach out to venues and to book gigs and all that stuff um well i think a lot of us have that 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 issue for sure is uh and also it, it it becomes um when you stay like for instance oklahoma city playing in oklahoma city uh for most of it once you're out there and you're playing a lot then eventually you feel like people are starting to contact you sometimes, which makes your job a whole lot easier, obviously. But uh, as far as self-motivation, man, I've always had a huge problem with that. Um, And they come in spurts. uh, My drives come in spurts, and I'll do really good for a while, and I'll, you know, and then... uh, and then I won't do anything for a while, and it's just like, and then, you know, that that comes with my songwriting too. I don't write as many songs as as a lot of the guys uh, around here, man. Uh, of course, I also probably have a busier life, I think, than than a lot of people too, having a family and day job and playing music. Um, it'd be nice to to be able to pick and choose where I play. That'd be awesome, but yeah. Uh, that way I'd have time for more writing and, and, and recording and stuff. Cause honestly, as I've gotten older, that's what I want to do more, uh, is, uh, do more recording and put out a lot more stuff, which is crazy. Cause it took me 15 years just to record a seven song album, you know? And then after that though, after doing that, it's, that's all I want to do now. It's like, it's crazy. So, uh, but yeah, self-motivation has always been a big issue for me. 
I, uh, I look at people like, uh, like Carter Sampson for, for instance, is, is one of those people that just has that drive, man, and self-motivation. She's yeah. so hardworking and just, uh, she's one of those people. Uh, there's a few of those people around and, and it shows and it pays off for them too, obviously. So, uh, hard work, um, and not everybody wants to do that. I know it's hard for me to stay on that, but I'm working on it. As I get older, I feel like I got more of a drive as I'm older. I think it's cause, just because I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah. You know? Maybe you surrender to the fact that you have, you're have. you just going to have to fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to work for That and there's nothing else in this, <laughs> you know, that I can do. I mean, this is this is me. This is all This is all I'm good at is, is, is music, man. That's the only thing I've ever been. Uh, really good at so might as well work my ass off for it so and, and i'm starting a, to yeah that's a weird and scary thought in and of itself whenever i whenever i really stop and think about it like the amount of time and energy and focus and how much of my soul in life i've given over to music regardless of whatever success or lack of success that has happened. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, booking out-of-state shows, that's another thing that's, uh, that's tough, man. It's because they don't know who you are. and and Yeah, that part scares the crap out of me. I, I'm, I need to get my stuff together and yeah. actually build like a good package to send people right. so I can get a, a show. And it's weird because people are kind of going away from uh, email and stuff now too. It's, Everything's well. It's, everything's changing, man. Uh, the digital age stuff, and and it's hard to keep up on that. Especially the older you get, it's like you're falling behind. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like I'm falling behind on that stuff. But all the social media platforms and stuff, there's so many things out there now. Um, well, I watched a short video of uh, it was Joe Walsh saying, talking about the difficulties of the modern musician. Yeah, just like. They used to make millions off record sales and you would push and work your ass off in a studio right. to release this mega product. And now it's just not, it's not worth putting in the same amount of effort. Well, it's how many followers and, and uh, plays you have on Spotify now. Yeah. And that's tough too. And that's, what's crazy is cause that pays like, like nothing. I mean, it's, it's just, it, you have to really have millions of plays to make any kind of money off that but that's at least what i'm hearing is that's what people are looking at now is is how many followers and how many plays you have on spotify and stuff like that uh is a big deal i guess so yeah like i make a joke whenever i'm selling my cds at shows i'm like i have a compact disc uh for everybody <laughs> <laughs> if you have a cd player still because a lot of cars and stuff they don't even have cd players in them anymore Oh, yeah. Everybody's just kind of... Well, no, they don't even have auxiliary inputs anymore. They're, like, all Bluetooth. Yeah, out. everything's Bluetooth, yeah. That's crazy, too. Yeah, but, it, it you know, but there's something to say about uh, the, the physical... I mean, I guess vinyl, obviously, has is, is come back big time, you know, and that's a big deal. Um, there's something to say about the, the physical, you know, having it, you know, in mm -hmm. your hand and opening up. Somebody was talking to me the other day about... Uh, they loved getting their CDs 
the CDs. Like I feel like it, like it was like mid nineties and stuff when everybody that put out their music, you could open up the booklet inside this in the CD or the cassette tape. Oh yeah, and, and read along, and, and all the lyrics were in there. And uh, my next uh, project, uh, that's definitely what I want to do is is put all the lyrics in there. I think that'd yeah. be really cool. Well, that's how I used to work on my lyric writing when I was like in teenager. I would just read lyrics from. I would read out yeah. of my favorite artists and be like, I would either realize that holy crap, I had no idea yeah. that this is what they were saying, or I still don't have a fucking clue what you're saying. Right? <laughs> it's not, well, like yellow lead better or whatever. Yeah, like, what is the point of this? It's like here's the lyrics to all the songs except for this one. Because <laughs> you can't understand it. You can't anything understand it. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah. And, and that was like we talked about Dave Matthews. That was a big deal for everybody. I can't even understand what he's saying, man. You know, you just got to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to feel it. God, I miss the 90s when you didn't have to actually have lyrics. You right? just, no. <laughs> for real. You yeah, could just was, sing yeah. with intensity and yeah. emotion. Good melody. Yeah. <laughs> he was my first vocal coach. <laughs> Eddie Vedder was. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's, that's who I studied. Uh, I had no idea. That's funny. Yeah, he's got that. A definitely unique voice for sure. Well, since then, like, the amount of YouTube videos and things that I've read about... Uh, how you're actually supposed to sing. Everybody's like, Eddie Vedder is insane. He's not. How's he still he's, singing? Yeah, he's <laughs> saying like a monster. And then I, I assumed. He's out of the left side of his throat or something. Yeah, like he really does. Yeah. He, he tears his shit up. And it cracked me up. But I was like, dude, it's amazing. Right. And then he switched into that kind of, now he's like the singer-songwriter-y uh, writer vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another one that always cracked me up was Chris Cornell. Um, but he was actually doing it correctly, apparently. Yeah, that dude can sing. And that, that blew my mind too. Yeah, he was he's he's one of my favorite vocalists, male vocalists right. of all time. One of them for sure. Yeah, he's amazing. Somebody oh. else that would achieve the same kind of sound as Chris, but was doing it improperly was uh was that Lane Staley. Yeah. From Allison Chains. He was Oh I yeah, mean, he was whacked out anyways. But like he would just—he was literally screaming. Right. Well, that sucks too. Like whatever. Like you sing a certain way and you have this certain sound tone, and then you get big like they did, and then yeah, what do you do? It's like, and then you find out how to sing right, and then you don't sound the same. It's like, well, I can't do that, you know, because people are used to hearing me this way. Yeah. So I've got to cash this voice in. What was it? Uh, Guns and Roses lead singer. Didn't he have like? I heard he had like oh, seven. Axel? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he did. Seven vocal surgeries or something like that. I'm sure he wrong. did. Yeah. <clears throat> there's no way to hit those high notes and throw the rasp on it. Yeah. And not like the way he did. Using your throat. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Right. It's impossible, man. Um. Now feel free to. I mean, you don't have to give anything. Um. But this is a question I really like to ask people. Uh. But what kind of advice would you try to offer to either beginning aspiring songwriters or even veteran songwriters on, you know, like some kind of tip or advice on how to improve or how to move forward or well, anything I think, like that? Uh, I mean, you got to write a lot. 
I mean, that's really, I know everybody says that, but. Well, I mean, it, there's really a lot the of truth, truth though. Yeah. It, the more you write, it's just like anything else, you know, the more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, I always keep a thesarsis as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, they say reading does it. Uh, I'm not really much of a reader, honestly. Uh, but yeah, definitely just, just continue writing. Um, and that's, what's cool. Like having a phone, you know, you have a phone on you at all times. Uh, if I think of anything, even at work or anything, I use my notes, man, like crazy. Even if it's, even if it's two words or one word oh, yeah. that you think is cool or just one line or something, you put it there, you know, you can always go back and piece it all together. Um, you know, like back in the day, it was, you had to write that stuff down, uh, and then keep it somewhere and hope, hopefully you don't lose it, you know, but the beautiful thing about having phones now is that, that you don't lose that stuff. And, um, and I've actually been, uh, I was, uh, thinking about unloading my boxes of old lyrics I have written down before I had cell phone and stuff like that, but, and kind of, uh, digitalizing it, you know, and, and kind of putting it all on my phone and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, definitely uh, uh, writing. Just you just got to do it, uh, and don't uh, don't overthink it either. That's that's the biggest thing for me, or the hardest thing for me to, because I try to. I guess nowadays I don't do it as much, but whenever I first started writing, I try to make it more difficult and just uh, like C.J. Greco always said, simplistic complication. Oh yeah, which I think is a cool, cool deal. It's it's you know like we already talked about uh, keeping it simple, man. Because uh, you keep it simple, uh, it's 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 easier for people to um, digest, I guess. You know, than than trying to, you know, like Dave Matthews and all his chords and stuff, his difficult chords and stuff. You know, yeah. it obviously worked for him, but. But it's uh, I think keeping it simple and then going from there is uh, is good too for songwriting. Uh, but the repetitiveness of, of making yourself right, even when you don't want to, and uh, and a lot of people say I hate to force it. Well, yeah, I mean you don't necessarily have to finish it. It doesn't have to be a song you're going to use. Yeah, as long would, as you're doing it, you know. I feel like uh, that's probably one of the most important messages right there. Is yeah right when you don't feel like it. I can't tell you how many times I've broken out of just a a really bad rut creatively just by forcing myself to write anything. Yeah. And there was a, there was a, there's many years that I I wasn't writing. Uh, I think there was a five year span there that were, where I didn't write a song and I had, uh, had these, and I don't know what happened. I, I just lost it and it, and it, it was really sad. <laughs> Honestly, it was really sad because I was worried that I was so out of practice that I wouldn't be able to go. I wasn't going to be able to come back from it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, luckily I had, uh, a friend like Blake Lankford. Uh, he, he kind of brought me out of that and, uh, and had me writing again, man. That was, it was really cool. And he bugged the shit out of me. Like every time I saw him, <laughs> 
when are you going to write another song? When are you going to write a song? You know, because he, he enjoyed my the songs that I had already. And um, and he's just like, you got to write. You got to write. You know, and it, it's easy to, to, to do your life, you know, and not not think about that stuff when you're as busy as I am. Anyways, it's, it's easy to not do that. Uh, but you have to, it has to be a priority for sure. Um, and that was cool with, with Blake and what he did is, um, we planned on and we didn't do as much as we wanted to, uh, cause there was a lot of times I couldn't make it over, but we, we just said every Thursday, come over. And, like, he set up, like, two lawn chairs and, like, had this wooden coffee table in his backyard. So we're in the middle of his backyard. And he, like, set it up with paper and, you know, just made it real cool and comfortable, you know. And uh, and that was really cool. Uh, that was where I wrote uh, Cost of a Dream uh, with Blake. I kind of had an idea about that coming. And that's good, too. When we were talking about co-writing earlier is that, Sorry, I'm not trying to no, drift go over, ahead, but co-writing is it's good to have an idea of what you want to do or have some lyrics down or a melody or chords or whatever before you start co-writing with somebody because once you have that, then you're bringing something to the table where it's you already have a start, you know. Yeah, it's hard to generate something from absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. You can't. <laughs> well, I mean, like me and Dwight did that once, like... uh I hit him up after work, and I was like, man, I really want to write a song today. He's like, all right, come over. You know, and he was like, and it was funny because I got over there, and he was all like, man, I was freaking out. I didn't have anything prepared or anything. You know, he's <laughs> like, so I've just been like racking my brain for the last hour that you, since you called me and trying to get something down to where we can start, you know. And uh, and uh, he ended up getting a line down, and then I think we wrote that song in like, I don't know, it was, it was fast. Uh, we wrote it probably two, three hours. Uh, it was pretty cool uh, to do that. But, yeah, with Blake, man, it was really cool for him to set up that deal in his backyard and uh, take the time, man, to to be a good friend. First yeah, that's and a hell of a and then, thing to uh, do. I mean, yes, he's an asshole, but he's my favorite asshole. Uh, but he... Uh, that's how I describe him. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody does. <laughs> But yeah, it was really cool for him to do that, and it it brought me out of that, and then I started writing uh, more, and and that's whenever I ended up finally recording an album too. So uh, coming from that, it was it was good. Thank you, Blake. Appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, so, came out of your five year compression. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like it was depressing too. It was, it was bad. Man. So. Yeah, repetitiveness and of uh, writing, just make yourself right and uh, try not to overthink it, honestly. Uh, as long as you got something down. Hell yeah. So. Well, shoot, before we wrap this up, how can people find Ben Brock? Uh, you can uh, go to my website, uh, benbrock.net. Um, I got my website there. Uh, my, I got seven songs on there you can listen to for free. Uh, I'm also on Spotify, iTunes, and all that good stuff. Uh, Google Play, Amazon. Um, and then uh, also, uh, Choices I Made will be a single uh, coming out. I'm going to go back in the studio and record it full band. So I got some new music coming soon, too. Uh, I got three or four other songs right now, and I'm working on some other stuff that uh, I'll be releasing uh, as well. So. 
But yeah, my Facebook uh, music page is good. Uh, I'm on Bands in Town, uh, and that's a really cool tool, by the way. I don't know if anybody, if everybody knows that. I love it because I can put my dates on Bands in Town, and Bands in Town will immediately put it on my website. And then it also automatically shares sometimes to Facebook and stuff hmm. without me even touching it. So nice. it's really cool that way. Uh, and uh, see the Facebook music page, uh, my Instagram, my Twitter account, all that stuff. <laughs> I think it's all, It's I think I finally got it all the same name now. It's not it just Ben Brock. It's Ben Brock Music, I think, on all of them now. Uh, but yeah, check out my website. It's got my bio and stuff on there and, uh, lots of cool pictures. Um, and, uh, yeah, my videos are on there too. I did a couple videos and, uh, soon be doing another video, probably a video of choices I made. So that's coming up. Um, you can come see me every Wednesday at JJ's alley. I do a, uh, songwriter, uh, deal every week where it's if Bart Wahlberg's in town he's uh, playing lead and then um have a featured artist uh, every Wednesday which by the way I wanted to book one with you too before I leave oh yeah so um but yeah it's really cool it's and you don't have to just hear me every Wednesday either so <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's good <laughs> but uh yeah new artists different artists uh I've been uh, getting uh, some of the younger younger cats too that are that are coming up uh, that are playing on the Wednesdays too. It's kind of like it's like like Sunday, but more compressed. I guess it's less uh, less musicians because um, we have you know you do the whole show with that one other person. So right, but yeah, it's a really cool deal. Every Wednesday at JJ's, and uh, and then um, every weekend's everywhere else. So. Yeah, check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, man, man, thank you. I love what you're doing here. I think it's amazing. So. It's a blast getting to know everybody and get to see different sides and yeah. hear everybody's stories. Sure. Um, yeah, you guys check out Choices I've Made. You get your sneak preview here and only here from what I am getting. Yeah, this is this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy that. And thank you guys for hanging out with us today. And we'll catch you next time. They say death is only but a breath away Why not breathe in, let it come what may Keep spinning my wheels every single day Guess it all adds up to choices I've made Gonna hold my own Till I fall back down Gonna love you the only way I know how Gonna stay on this merry-go-round Till we finally find some solid ground If I know me, I know you do the same damn thing that we always do 
That's not me. That's not me. We say all the things that cut straight through. Say something just to cut you to the bone. You'll answer back just like we were throwing stones. Why do we try to prove each other wrong when it only makes us feel even more alone? But if I know me, I know. We say all the things that cut straight through. I come home at the end of every night. Where you sleeping in the soft moonlight? Why do we argue? Why do we fight? We have every reason. Get it right. Get it right. They say death's only but a breath away. Why not read in? Let it come what may. Keep spinning my wheels every single day. Guess it all adds up to choices I've made. Choices I've made. Choices I.